If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 178. This is our 2021 Northern Trust Tips and Selections Podcast. Barry O'Hanrahan joins me, Steve Bamford, to discuss this week's PGA Tour Golf Action. Good morning, Barry. Good morning, Steve. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Feeling the feeling the winning buzz. How about yourself? Pick the, pick the kids. <laughs> Did it the hard way. Got through a six-man playoff. That's like super KK delivers, eh? Uh, let's talk about that. In a, let's let's talk about that in a short while. Let's get this intro done. This podcast is for listeners of eighteen and above. You can hear the smile on my face. Yeah. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more information, and of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf betting system website with our in depth betting previews. Masses of tournament statistics and our predictor models, all available completely free of charge with no paywall. Please subscribe to this podcast and drive the popularity of the show. We are available on social media. Barry is at a good talk golf. I am at Bamford Golf. You can join our golf betting system Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Plus, look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where I present the golf betting show every week. Please subscribe and like the shows. Now, you guys, as listeners, power this podcast, so we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review, and of course, I will read that as well. Just as some background, 129 US reviews we've had on the Apple Podcasts, 122 UK, 28 from Ireland, 23 from Australia. We now need some fresh five-star reviews, so please... If you could spare those two, three minutes to write us a five-star review, wherever you are on the globe, that would be much appreciated. Right, we have one here from Cotswold George, and he is in the UK, titled, In-Depth Excellent Review with a Friendly Feel, five stars, having been a member of the Golf Betting System Facebook group for a number of years. Now, I've really enjoyed the overall feel of the group. I have listened to the podcast for the last two years now and have found the guys to have an extremely in-depth professional approach to betting on golf. I would recommend the podcast to anyone who likes watching or betting on golf. The friendly approach from Barry, Paul and Steve makes for an easy listen. It's great stuff, guys. Please keep it up. Thank you, George. I take it he's in the Cotswolds or Cotswold, George. That's much appreciated. Nice. Thank you very much. Where are the Cotswolds, Steve? Oh, did um, I put you on the spot? <laughs> well, no. It, it, oh, Siren Sester. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's where a lot of the moneyed and to-do from London, the London set, have their second homes. It's actually, so we've, my mother has a cousin there. It's, um, we always get postcards from him. It's a pretty beautiful part of the country. Little, oh, it's beautiful. Little small quaint villages, you know, tiny pubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
you can kind of bomb along there on the M4 out towards Swindon and up. Or a lot of people would go M40 out of London, which takes you out straight out the West Way, out through Oxford. And also Cheltenham. Cheltenham's kind of Cotswoldy as well. So the race course and whatever. But yeah, nice part of the world, the Cotswolds. Um, yeah, Kevin Kisner. You know, you know, Barry, I've had an absolutely torrid year on the betting front in terms of tips. Um, I had Jordan Spieth at the Valero the week before the Masters and Kevin Kisner was my second only win this year. So it was a pleasant surprise to see Adam Scott actually miss that four-foot putt to win the playoff. It was, it was a very pleasant surprise. I mean, that playoff, like, talk, like, let's just give them credit for putting all six guys out together in the same group, which is what we all wanted to see in the Olympics a couple of weeks ago when they were um, they were out for the playoff as well, but they put them into two separate groups, which was the six-man playoff was brilliant. And that would be quite memorable for a while. Um, I mean, just... As soon as Scotty stuffed it in there, you just you're thinking, oh god, okay, play. What am I getting for the place? Oh, okay, we're getting that right. Fine, fine, fine. At least he had a chance. And then everything took so long between with yeah. so many people playing four absolutely phenomenal up and downs. Kisner nearly um, knocks the pitch Cheaper. shot. I mean, for 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 the four up and downs to happen, like the odds must have been absurd. But then the longer you're the longer Scotty had to think about it, the longer he started thinking, you know, the more he started thinking, God, mate, you know, he might miss this, you know, because there's, there's the expectation to get it is just like off the charts. And lo and behold, um, he outthunk himself or outthought himself. Um, and for some reason thought there was a break off the left. When Siwoo put it just in front of him, it was just wild. I mean, and what a second chance for everybody. Kisner actually said in his post-victory uh, interview that he'd never known, you know, he, he felt a bit sorry for Scotty, as he called him, on the basis that he'd had oh, to yeah. wait so long for that putt. He, he said it was the longest wait he'd ever experienced in pro goal, potentially, just because, you know, of what it was. But he was playing very nicely. I I, I still think, though, that the Wyndham, you just look at the guys there, Kit Siwoo, Kim again... You know, it's all as we always say. You weren't happy with the price last week at forties. I wasn't particularly happy, but you know, it's almost an auto um, mm-hmm. short Bermuda golf course bet. Adam Scott needed. You know, he was. I think was he just about inside or just outside the bubble? He was right on the right on the line. Um, you had Roger Sloan fighting for his life. Kevin Kisner, Kevin Nahm, Brandon Grace. I mean, Brandon Grace has won at uh, the RBC Heritage at Harbour Town. So, it, it, and Webb Simpson again was a shot off. Kevin Streelman a shot off. Henley a shot off. That it really does start to focus the minds, and we've been mentioning this a lot this year. Short par seventy, par seventy one golf courses. It's almost as if it's almost a subset now on the PJ Tour, and you get Kevin Nars, Kevin Kisner's, Webb Simpson's, Siwoo Kim's, Brandon Grace's players, yeah. Kevin Streelman's that focus solely on those tournaments because they know that's where they can get the victories and get the FedEx Cup points that they need. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. just something you need to bear in mind moving forward with these shorter courses. It's a very specialist, it's almost like a specialist subset. Of the PGA Tour, it's it's interesting to see it play out so consistently at, at these courses, and the same guys popping up. And 
I, I think it's be, you know a combination of they they enjoy the Bermuda grass uh, to put on, or they you know don't dislike it versus other guys, and they do have that possible extra one or two percent of focus that week because like this is the week that the bombers don't have an absurd advantage over me, and uh, you know that just that it's those little small things all adding up to to big results for them. Um, I mean, poor Henley, you know. <laughs> Like just, I I I have I haven't backed him for so long, um, because he did similar to me years ago, missed a missed a putt, and I was like, that's it, he's on the X list, I'm not backing him. Um, but like to to go all yeah. the way through that tournament wire to wire, and then that fall, fall at the last was just brutal. It's just I, I I I've got no I've got no faith on Henley in contention. I mean, I was on him at the Travelers the week after he'd been so competitive at the U.S. Open. And he, he he does fall apart on Sundays. Yeah, I I've no faith in him for uh, many many years. Very talented golfer, but God, the pressure just um, was just a bit mm-hmm. too much. Um, and then, the, I mean, the horrible Scott, uh, stat about Scotty is that like we all have it in our head that he's you know he's a bit ropey from the you know, on, from the putting perspective. And he was I think I read he was the, he made fifty three putts inside of five foot all week. And then of course the the one that matters most. Missed it. So, um, but like, what an opportunity. Kiz, like, stuck the tee shot down there, longest of all of them, I think, in the, um, in the, on the second hole. And second then, hole, and then yeah. put in this beautiful, like, punch draw nine iron and, or something like that, nine iron, or I think that's what it was, and stuffed it in there. Well, Faldo did say at the start of the playoff, the, the perfect line here is left edge of the fairway and just draw one in. Hmm. And he, he said before Kisner hit that second shot, this is perfect for KK, just playing a small draw in there. Yeah. Just don't overdraw it. And it, it, it just it was a perfect approach shot, wasn't it? And we know with Kevin, Bermuda grass, fantastic putter. Um, his actual winning statistics kind of backed up what we were saying last week. Kisner was 12th for approach, 34th off the tee, 26th around the green, 12 tee to green and 8th for strokes game putting. And of those guys that made the playoff, he was only second for strokes game putting behind Brandon Grace. Grace was third for strokes game putting all week. Add add an absolutely red hot putter. But wasn't finding enough fairways. Again, we said that. Kisner, um, he, he did reasonably well. He was 31st for fairways hit. Grace ultimately 60th for fairways hit and you, you've got to be on the short stuff at the Wyndham to just maximise those opportunities but overall I thought you know normally 21, 22 under because they actually had some pretty fast speed in those greens it ended up at 15 under being the, being the playoff entry point so actually it was seven shots um, lower the winning score this year which was very significant I think it was all down to just the speed of the greens really just wasn't quite the dartboard that you usually get at the Wyndham. Now, I just wanted to mention, Barry, I just wanted to throw some names out there for guys. Now that the FedEx Cup regular season has completed, guys out there that we may not have mentioned on the podcast this year or just don't get much coverage anymore. I just I, I, I just went through the charts this week and you know, Brandon Haggy at 74, he's had a fantastic season. Haggy, who had very I don't think he had any particular status before the start of this year. Brian Stewart, 
85th. I mean, that's incredible from Brian Stewart, one of the, you know one of the the journeymen of the PGA Tour to get in the top 85 this year. Fantastic performance. Uh, Doug Gim at 86. He's had a decent first year on the tour. Roger Sloan fought his way all the way up to 92nd in the end. He was actually surrounded by some other interesting names. Hank Lebioda's had a great end to the season, 93rd. Mm. Tyler McCumber. Now, that's a name you probably wouldn't have expected to have seen in the uh, top 125 on the FedEx Cup at the end of the year. Tyler McCumber at 94. Adam Schenk, 103. Matthew Neesmith. I know Matthew Neesmith's been... When it comes to strokes gained approach and strokes gained tee to green, he's been popping models all year. One twelve, Matthew Neesmith came in at, and then Aniban Lahiri, one twenty one, great comeback from Lahiri, who uh, used to be quite a star on the European tour. Now, now he's based in the states and has made the top one twenty five this year. Bryce Garnett, one twenty three, and then to top it all, that hole in one from Chess and Hadley. And vaulted into that last spot, one twenty-five, knocking out of all people when he missed that putt on eighteen. Justin Rose, who finished one twenty-six, the first outside the bubble on the FedEx Cup this year. That was that was a, just a brilliant, um, let's say, subplot to the the tournament. Or I mean, this tournament's more about like the, the main plot is about the one twenty-five. Like the win is the win is there for somebody, but. That's a much more interesting storyline to follow, like who's trying to, you know, who's playing for their card. And you could see how much yeah. it me- meant to Hadley. And uh, just, yeah, brilliant, um, brilliant interview, brilliant moment, brilliant day for him. You know, when he really needed to, he went out and shot a super low number and the stars aligned, uh, you know, made his first hole in one and sneaks in by the edge of a hole um, with Rose missing the putt. Amazing. Really, really good. There's some big names down there as well. You know, um, Gary Woodland, what? Jason Day, yeah. down, down, like just sneaking in. Matt Kuchar's mm-hmm. had arguably the worst season of his whole career. Um, 120, yeah, yeah, 120 he ended up, yeah. Sneaks in and, and some big names outside there. Um, Rose, Fleet. Rose, Fleet, yeah. Rick, Ricky's, Rick, Ricky's comeback didn't um, materialize. It didn't go well, did it? It just didn't go well. He seems to hit a stall pattern. I don't know. He was there was there was good things building, and it just um, yeah, I don't know, flattened out. So hey, he's got an off season now, and um, he'll be back next year. I mean, who else? Francesco Molinari. A few signs yeah. of life throughout the year, but just nothing consistent enough to to get him in there. No, nowhere near Ryder Cup qualifications. Ryan Moore. No. There, there were some th- big big names there missing out now. It does open up a... Now, for me, the Northern Trust, moving on to the Northern Trust, a bit of a segue, Northern Trust, you do see a pattern of players getting to the top of the leaderboard and getting some decent finishes, if not wins. And they're either trying to qualify for the Ryder Cup or trying to qualify for the President's Cup, depending on the year. Mm -hmm. And that does take us into Justin Rose. He missed that relatively short putt on 18, which would have kept him in the top 125, would have got him to the Northern Trust in New Jersey this week. Where do you stand? And uh, I mean, I've actually tipped up a guy that I think is in um, a lot of need of a big finish to, to boost his chances of getting into 
Team Europe this year, and that's Sergio Garcia this week at the Northern Trust. Where do you where do you sit on this captain pick scenario? Because when you actually look at Team Europe, it's worth mentioning here. I think we've got a slightly different pattern this year with COVID and the way it's all broken out. We've got a situation where six automatic spots are available for Steve Stricker in Team USA, and he then has six captain's picks. That decision is made after the Tour Championship. So we've got the Northern Trust, the BMW, the Tour Championship over the next three consecutive weeks. Steve Stricker then announces his six additional picks. It's different for Harrington, though. Harrington waits until after the BMW PGA Championship at Wentworth later on in September. Mm. So there's a bit more time there. But what it also means is, now, Justin Rose is in line, potentially could get a captain's pick. There's three captain's picks. Um, the actual automatic spots for Team Europe, I mean, Rahm, Fleetwood, Hatton, McElroy, Hovland, Casey, Fitzpatrick, Westwood and Shane Lowry, they look pretty solid. you then got a debate. You've got Victor Perez topping the world points list but we've said all along, we don't think he gets a pick. He's in terrible form. He actually, I believe, is playing the Czech Masters this week, which tells you a story. Then you've got McIntyre, Poulter, Guido Migliozzi, Bernd Wiesberger, I think, had an open door last week, but didn't go through it down in at the London club. Justin Rose and Sergio Garcia. So there's three spots up for grabs there across those names. We've said already we think Ian Poulter's getting a pick. Fourth in the Scottish Open. He got a top 10 the other week in a WGC down in Memphis, saying the right things, playing great golf at the moment. Where do you stand in terms of those other two captain's picks that Harrington is going to have to make after Wentworth? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, okay. So Polder's in. We can all agree on that. Does, yeah. Yeah, it's just not even a, not even a contest. The, the next ones are interesting. I just, like, Perez is off the boil. I mean, it's just bloody awful timing for the lad because he would have been on the team had this been last year. Um, but he yeah. just just seems to be floundering, um, and I, I just can't see him getting a pick. Robert McIntyre, I, I just don't know if he's done enough to, to, to stretch himself ahead of the veterans that could be picked. You know, to really, he, I think you need to. He needs to put himself head and shoulders, and like, an, uh, to be an obvious pick, um, and it to be stupid to overlook him. I, I don't know. I feel. I feel like he misses out. <clears throat> For me, I think it'll come down. It'll be Poulter, Garcia, and I think Rose might sneak it. I, I, I think Paul. I think Harrington's. You know, he's going to expect it to be um, an extremely. Uh, noisy and uh, environment, you know, and and maybe we'll you know that's why he might go for the the experienced, the veterans, ones that can handle that cauldron. It will be a cauldron they're playing in. Whereas you know you're taking more, it would seem to be taking more of a risk by picking a rookie um, that they could completely melt in that situation. Whereas he knows Rose and Garcia will be solid. I just I find it very hard to see him ultimately picking one of those above Rose and Garcia. Yeah, I'm just looking at McIntyre's results this year. Man. 
Third at the Dubai Desert Classic. He got out of his group in the world match play. 12th at the Masters. 8th at the British Masters. Top 20 at his own Scottish Open. And then 8th at the Open Championship. 15th at the WGC level, St. Jude, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I, th- I don't think the, I don't think Pulse is up for debate. He's in. I I, I still think it's potent- It's going to be two out of three. It's two of McIntyre. It's uh, McIntyre, Rose, and Garcia. The, what I, I put this in my tip copy this week with Garcia. He Garcia does have an advantage. It's, it's undoubted. He's, I think, ranked. I think he's forty in the FedEx Cup. Yeah. So yeah. he is guaranteed two starts: one this week at the Northern Trust, one next week at the BMW Championship. Now those two tournaments are absolutely loaded, laced with OWGR points. So even if Garcia was to get, say, a top ten, a top eight, something like that, that's a big vault in world golf points in terms of his in terms of rankings. And it also shows that he's, you know, he's playing strong golf in the strongest fields available at the moment in golf. So I think Garcia has an advantage now. Clearly, Rose is now he's out of that situation. My understanding is both both McIntyre and Rose will play at Kranz, the Omega European Masters next week on the European Tour. I think Rose mentioned that after he'd actually. Um, Played himself out the out the top one twenty five with that missed putt. Interestingly, as as well, Will Zalatoris is stating that he's coming across to play some European Tour golf as well. That's awesome. So, for, I mean, that's awesome for the European Tour. But like, how, how silly must the PGA Tour feel that like what is he top thirty in the world and he's not getting into and all the things he's done on the PGA Tour this year and to, to not we, be. It's just what a crazy system. The the runner up at the Masters isn't featuring in their top one twenty five FedEx Cup rankings. Yeah, it's it, I don't know. Anyway, let's not let's not go down that rabbit hole because it, it's truly exasperating stuff. But what what a bonus for the European Tour to get a guy of that talent over for a couple of events. Nagel's Bagels mentioned to me yesterday as well because clearly Nagel's Bagels is. Um, Xander's number one fan. Xander is coming across for Wentworth. So that'll be another boost for the European Tour as well. Mm. So if Xander comes across, Zalatoris, I know we had Horschel last year. Patrick Reed's come across the last couple of years, hasn't he? Yeah. You know, that's going to be a decent PGA Tour um, movement of players coming across for Wentworth in September. So that would be something to look forward to. Just in terms of being fair and equitable, I'll just mention the players that are outside the top six for Team USA, who again, you know, might need a little push this week just to make sure that Steve's going to write their name down on the sheet of paper when it comes to captain picks. Spieth at seven, I think Spieth's going to get picked anyway, but yeah. knowing Jordan, I don't think Jordan, Jordan and FedEx Cup playoffs, I mean, he was one that certainly was at the forefront of my mind. Spieth at seven, Harris English at eight, Patrick Reed at nine, Berger is ten, Patrick Cantlay at eleven, which I thought was quite low for Cantlay, and then Tony Finau is at twelve. So if he was picking purely on those ranks, Finau is the last pick. Simpson thirteen, Scheffler fourteen, 
Then we're out to the likes of Coakrag, Horschel, Burns, who's on a tear, and Kevin Kisner jumped up to 18, one spot above PGA Championship winner Phil Mickelson at 19. So, you know, Stricker's, Stricker's got the usual of Team USA uh, problem, if you like, an absolute list of riches to choose from. Hmm. Good problem to have, isn't it? I, I think lovely problem. I think seven, eight, nine are are just rock solid. Speed, English, and read. I I don't think you can overlook them. So I, I don't know. For me, for my money, anyway, I think they're all they're all guaranteed. Yeah. Um, I think I I yeah. think so. You, it was interesting. The the mon- their their point system is based on dollars, so a point per dollar, and. The prize fund has gone up yet again for these this Northern Trust and BMW Championship. Mm-hmm. So just to put that into context, I believe Harris English was second last year at the Northern Trust they played in Boston. Now, for finishing second, he still grossed $1.1 million. And when I looked at the rankings yesterday, someone like Scotty Scheffler in 14th is just under $1.1 million behind Tony Finau. Mm. So that 12th place is definitely up for grabs for a Simpson, a Scheffler, um, a Burns, a Kisner, a Horschel, who pulls fire out over the next two weeks on in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Very, very much in range. And as we know with Finau, he needs to find something quickly, doesn't he? Because he, his, his play recently has been... Particularly poor for him. It's he's God. Poor Tony is not good. I mean, he he could really do with a couple of strong weeks now. Because mm. you could you, you could see him getting overlooked, or not overlooked, but like pa- pa- bypassed from you know, and and somebody like a Schefter being picked. Or do you know? Do you, do you get to what do you, what's your feelings on Phil? Do you? Do you think he'll be uh, like a captain's and an assistant captain? Because what things the things are Phil is saying is like you know I had one good week this year. The rest of the time has been a mess. I wonder whether that's kind of preceding or helping Stricker out by you know making the case against Phil. Phil making the case against Phil. I mean, we all yeah. know he'd love to play it, but um, maybe maybe a Phil in the team room as an assistant captain could be. Uh, Pretty, pretty you've great got to look at have. it on. The, you've got to look at it in the golf course, haven't you? Ultimately, does Phil Mickelson strengthen that team over Tony Fina? If you if you were looking at it as Cantley, Berger, Reed, English, Spieth qualify. So, is, is, does Mickelson add more at Whistling Straits than Fina would? And yes, they talk about you know him being. Phil being Phil in the in the team room and the ping pong and just you know the experience and it's they're all positive points you can't argue against that mm. but wouldn't he do the same role if he was a an assistant captain and possibly yeah. to a better extent as well because he's not focused on playing golf he's only focused on doing things yeah. for the betterment of the team and the psychology of the team I yeah. I think Phil's role might be better uh, in that. It's it's a shame that he's had such a weird season because if he'd had any sort of half decent string of results to go in tandem with the PGA win, uh, he'd, be he'd be in. But it it is what it is. He got his win, and 
you know, and I can guarantee you, we... Barry, from a from a TV rankings or ratings position, and from a PGA of America position, if there was any way they could have fill in from a has he got the right results perspective, they mm. would do it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like you said, it's literally one result at Keir Island that saved his season because the rest of it's been pretty poor from a PGA Tour perspective, isn't it? So yeah. Also, you have to read between the line in these interviews, and you, you said last week, Ian Poulter is not only playing great at the moment, he's saying the right things. Phil, by saying what he's been mentioning recently, it's almost like you say it's a precursor for the fact that Steve won't pick me. I'm giving him the open door not to pick yeah. me, and I'm going to be part of the support team. Yeah, it feels like part of the plot line, doesn't it? In a movie or a TV show, you're just getting an early hint or precursor to something happening. So that that's what it feels like to me at the moment. I'm, somebody else could read it from the completely different perspective, and that's totally fine. I mean, this is, this is why it's fun trying to second guess what Steve Stricker's going to do uh, for the US team. Could, do you, I agree do, with you. For, I agree with you from a subplot perspective. I think everyone north of Berger is pretty much safe as a pick. Mm. I think you could even build a case around Berger just about... I genuinely think that Cantlay and Finau could potentially face dangers if someone like Simpson, Scheffler, Eskish or Burns or Kisner just continue some red-hot fall over the next two weeks. Which you... Because they will, they will gain lots and lots of qualifying points just because there's so much prize money sloshing about the next two weeks. It's unbelievable. See, I'd, I'd pick Cantley above Berger. I think, yeah. I think Cantley is more of a killer than Berger is, and that's who I want on my Ryder Cup team if I'm Steve Stricker. But yeah, yeah. I was surprised to see Cantley in 11th. So, these are the kind of things that I've been trying to tap into this week with the Northern Trust. So, let's move on to the Northern Trust. Uh, it's one of those nomadic tournaments. I believe they've now got a scenario where... Um, it's always been a traditional start to... It used to be the Barclays, but it's always been the traditional start to the FedEx Cup playoffs. I mean, of course, the FedEx, play, FedEx Cup playoffs used to be over four legs. They've cut that to three, which was the right move. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I now believe the Northern Trust is potentially going to be um, Big Apple and then it moves to Boston the second year. So uh, 2022, I think this will be played up at TPC Boston again, up in Massachusetts. Whether it then comes back to Liberty National the year after, or if it or it might come back to another Big Apple golf course like a a Ridgewood or a Plainfield or a Bethpage Black, I don't know. But this is the year that clearly New York is hosting the Northern Trust. It's an absolutely loaded tournament. One twenty four players: Louis Oosthuizen has decided to take the week off. Um, I think he's well within the top 10 in the FedEx Cup rankings. So he doesn't have to play. There's no Ryder Cup points up for grabs. He's actually eighth, Oosthuizen, and he's decided to have the week off. I mean, he's, so he's, one, is that virtually guaranteed into the Tour Championship then from where Oh, he yeah, is? he's in, yeah. Okay. He's definitely. Um, I think I'd need to... Uh, don't quote me on this, but... I, I think I've read in the past anything from about 16th back, anything 16 and above, you would need some kind of calamitous mm-hmm. 
<laughs> set of results, they're pretty much dead safe. It could even be 18, something like that. Okay. So you're actually looking at anyone sort of from teen, late teens down where they need to at least get some form of result to make sure that they get into Atlanta. Okay, so the ones we're looking at this week who will be focused on that, so let's say from 18th down, are Neiman, Sink, Berger, Scheffler, Reed, Fino, Na, Horschel, McElroy, Homa, Connors, Kisner, and Siwu. That fills out the top 30. Bear in mind, we've had two... Um, two years now of only three legs of the FedEx Cup. Patrick Reed won the first one of uh, Northern Trust 2019. He was ranked 50th. Dustin Johnson last year was 15th. But yes, in terms of what you're saying, I, I don't think I don't think Neiman could sit on his laurels. He needs something. Sink, Berger, Scheffler 21, Patrick Reed 22, Finau at 23, Nar 24, Billy Ho. The the name that really grabbed me and it was obviously out of position was Rory McIlroy at 26, Homer 27, Connors 28, Kevin Kisner has jumped from 70-something to 29, and then Siwoo Kim is on that bubble at the moment at 30. Now, if you look at names above the 30 spot that you would expect potentially to be in that 30, that aren't, Im at 31, Leishman at 33, We've got the likes of Sergio Garcia at 40, Brandon Grace, 42, Paul Casey, our friend, at 45, <laughs> Webb Simpson at 46. Webb, Webb's, Webb's had a bit of an off-season, hasn't he? For yeah, so, I mean, that, that, that yeah. comes through. In those, those, you've got Matthew Fitzpatrick at 60, Tyrrell Hatton at 63, Shane Lowry, 66. So I'm just throwing some names out there. Mm. Um, I don't think you could, I don't think you could say now that Bubba Watson is a, would be guilt edged top thirty. He's seventy one. Bubba. The fun thing to Ian watch Paul, Ian Paul to seventy eight. Yeah, I mean the fun thing to watch this week is the guys trying to jump into next week. That's the storyline this week. That's going to be the most entertaining thing. Watch if and if they can focus the cameras on those guys a bit, you'll see it, and it'll be uh, it'll be a good watch. The cutoff for the BMW for guys or just need refreshing or guys that are new to golf bang top 70 go through so we're going to go from 125 to 70 uh, moving on to the bmw championship next week which i believe has been played in maryland so just outside of washington dc it's a golf course i've never heard of so yes top 70 go to the bmw championship and then from there top 30 go through to that uh, tour championship where we've got the uh, leaderboard that's already, um, <laughs> well, they've already, uh, the leader starts at 10 under, don't they? It's uh, that that crazy scenario at the end. But yeah, we have got players out of position, undoubtedly. Something to look for. Okay, Liberty National Golf Course. You've got to say the view here is unbelievable, opposite uh, the Statue of Liberty with Manhattan Island over the water. Um, we've seen this golf course, 2009 Barclays, 2013 Barclays, 2017 President's Cup was played here. And the most recent time we saw this course was 2019, the Northern Trust. That was won by Patrick Reed, who, as I said earlier, was actually ranked 50th at that stage in the FedEx Cup. 
rankings. Read one by a shot at 16 under from Abraham Answer minus 15, Harold Varner the third of all people, and John Rahm were tied for third. Adam Scott fifth, interesting based upon his result last week, and he's Scott's way out of position as you would expect. And then we had uh, Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, Louis Oosthuizen, and Brandt Schnedeker tied for sixth. Those were the top ten last time we visited Liberty National Golf Club in 2019. It's on the banks of, um, what would the river be? Oh, Steve. I think it's the Hudson, isn't it? I think it's on the Hudson. Please don't shoot me if, I, if I'm wrong. Nagel's bagel. Go on Google Maps for me so we clarify. I'm pretty sure it's on the Hudson. Um, it's on the Jersey side. It used to be a waste dump from memory. And they, um, Steve, uh, who was the designer of this? It was Bob Cup and Tom Kite, 2006. And then Steve Wensloff had a renovation of this course in 2010. That was kind of spurred for two reasons. One, the President's Cup was being played here later on in 2017. And also, it kind of, that's the first time they played it in 2009. The course got pretty slated by the pros. That year was actually won by 250 to one shot. Heath Slocum, of all people, who beat a stellar field including Tiger Woods, who I believe was second. Um, what, what can you say about the golf course? Um, by the coast, um, can be very wind affected. Um, lots and lots of trouble off the short grass, fescue, big bunkers, deep rough. Um, but the thing that always comes through about this golf course is very small greens. We're looking at uh, 4,600 square feet average. Those are tiny. surfaces. Those yep. are very small. And the course has been extended again since 2019. It's now set on the scorecard 7,410 yards. That's a long goal, and it's a par 71. So only three par fives. So they, those are particularly small greens for that length of the golf course. And that kind of comes across in the greens and regulation numbers that we see here each year. I mean, I'm just looking again at last year, uh, 2019. Patrick Reed was fifth for greens hit. He hit 51 of 72, 70.8%. So he hit 44 of... Um, yeah, 40, what did he hit? He hit 40, my eyes are gone, 51 of 72 greens. Which means he was scrambling across 21 putting serve, uh, uh, green complexes. So I think it seems to me to be the course where you need to be pretty accurate off the tee. I don't think you can be flagrant here in any way, shape or form. Um, also... I'm typing into Google Maps here to just make, get a view of where Liberty... What, here you go. I was right. It's on the Hudson River. I wanted to let um, you sweat. I knew that for a few minutes, but I just wanted to <laughs> you just let, let you sweat. worry about Nagels coming at you with flamethrowers. Yeah, I just don't want, I just don't want Nagels throwing <laughs> obscenities at me because I'm getting the details. Oh, by the way, Nagels is attending on Thursday and Friday for those of you that, that uh, are into that. He's, he's going to be on the golf course, so that'd be quite... 
Good. This is one of the actual talks I'd love to attend, to be fair. This could be on the one of the bucket lists to go over to the States and watch this. I mean, what a view, what a background. It's a decent course. But yes, if I just take the average, you know, the skill sets here about, you know, what, what are we looking for this week? If I look at traditional tournament statistics, so fairways, greens in reg and the like, Oates across Slocum, Adam Scott in 2013 and Patrick Reed. Driving distance 17th. Driving accuracy 10th. Now, again, I said this last week at the Wyndham. For the for the the, the three winners to be ac- to actually be 10th in the field for accuracy does suggest that finding the short stuff here is of real value. Greens in regulation 5th, proximity to hole 21st, scrambling ninth. Again, that's a high number. So I think you've got to have short game because you are going to miss 20-odd greens, even if you're having like a very good greens in regulation week. Putting average 28th, so that's really, really high. So it doesn't appear to me to be a course... I know it sounds ridiculous because Patrick Reed is clearly a great putter. But even the week he won, he was only 1.69 putts per GIR, which was 30th in the field. So it wasn't exactly as if he had a red-hot putt of the week he won. He actually had a great week hitting... He was 8th for fairways hit and 5th for greens in regulation. If you look at it from a strokes gained perspective, I'm taking Reed and Adam Scott here. Um, there weren't strokes gained available for Heath Slocum, and the course has changed since Slocum's win. Strokes gained off the tee, 14th. Strokes gained on approach 17th, bearing in mind for the Wyndham last week, I think that averaged out at third or fifth. Uh, strokes gained around the green 14th, strokes gained tee to green third, and strokes gained putting 26th. So just comparing Sedgefield Country Club and here, just from those statistics, last week was all about approach. This week seems to be more all-round game. 14th off the tee, 17th approach, and 14th around the green. So, you know, it's basically shouting your typical all-round, sort of classical golf course, major championship kind of performer. And in Patrick Reed and Adam Scott, of course, we've got two guys there that are both won at Augusta National. So, yeah, it's it's a testing golf course. It's a golf course where some of the cream, I think, will rise to the top, the ones that are really motivated and need to perform, potentially, or really want to perform. Um, and yeah, I've just seen this trend. I've just seen this trend um, with this when you when you look into the detail of who you know who has done well at the first tournament of these FedEx Cup playoffs, and you do get a lot of crossover with. I mean, take Patrick Reed. He was pressing for a captain's pick when he won here in twenty nineteen at fifty five to one. Abraham Ansar was pressing for an automatic President's Cup pick. He finished second at 175 to 1. 2018, Ridgewood. DeChambeau won that. Different golf course, I know. Again, in my notes, pressing for a captain's pick to get into the Ryder Cup that year. And Tony Finau was runner-up. Again, another player that was not in the automatic Ryder Cup spots. And he finished second behind DeChambeau. DeChambeau was 100 to 1. Tony Finau was 50 to 1. You can go to Glen Oaks in 2017. Johnny Vegas got into the top four that year. He was ninth in the standings to get into the President's Cup that year for the international team. And Patrick Reed in 2016. 
He was eighth in the Ryder Cup rankings that year. He was in the last automatic spots when he won the Barclays tournament, as it was called, in 2016 of that particular season. Played at Beth Page Black. So there's a definite link here. I mean, even Hunter Mahan in 2014, I've, in my notes, fighting for captain's pick. So there's definitely this Ryder Cup kind of vibe here, or I think, in terms of just high-class players that just need a final push to make sure they get in the Ryder Cup that particular year. That's an angle that I've attacked, has to be said. Right, looking at the betting, Boyle Sports have gone 10 places each way, 50 odds. We've got Betfred at 8 places of 50 odds. Betfair Sportsbook at 8 places of 50 odds. Paddy Power, 8 places of 50 odds with Skybet as well. John Rahm is our favourite. He's a 10 to 1 shot. Jordan Spieth at 16 to 1, second favourite. Dustin Johnson and Colin Morikawa at 18 to 1. Xander at 20s. We've got Rory McIlroy at 22 to 1. Brooks Kepka at 25s. Bryson DeChambeau at 28s. You can also get Unibetter offering 28 to 1 on Justin Thomas. He is pretty much 25 to 1 generally. Patrick Cantley at 33s. Scotty Scheffler at 33s. Berger at 33s. Victor at 35s, along with Abraham Anser, Webb Simpson, and then 40 to 1, Matsuama, Cam Smith, Paul Casey, Harris English, 45 to 1, Patrick Reed, Adam Scott. I've been talking for a long while, Barry. What? Uh, give me your thoughts on the Northern Trust, the course, what you remember of it. What do you think of those betting prices? Are, are there any particular players in there that you think you wouldn't want to back? Any particular players in there who you have backed? What, what, do, you, what do you think to this? It's the small greens really at it. It's like scrambling bogey avoidance um, really coming into mind. And, and, and for sure, with small greens, that really tells you why you, yeah, driving accuracy is so well rewarded here. So you can hit the greens. Um, just getting on them is an achievement and then you two put you, you take your birdies where they come great happy days and then you, you scramble your scramble uh to save the, the any drop shots from missing them um with a little bit of wind in play that makes them even harder to hit so yeah you're gonna have to have um a lot of things going pretty well this week but you can understand why the putter doesn't need to be you know draining everything uh, you know 120 foot of puts every day Mm-hmm. So, I back to the Sergio thing. Um, just linking that in, he's he's been so consistently, he's been so consistent this year in terms of like fifteenths, twentieths, thirtieths in his finishes. That, you know, just he just hasn't made that little jump up to three or four, five strokes in the week. Uh, the you know one shot a day that will get him up to the top of the leaderboard. Well, I've already said he's in my team. I got him at yeah. ninety to one with Betfred eight places each way. So I might as well just yes. I mean, I'll back you up. Yeah, Charles Colonial twentieth, U.S. Open nineteenth, BMW International Open seventeenth, Open nineteenth, three M Open twenty fifth, WGC St Judy's twenty sixth. The fact of the matter is, T to Green, he's probably in the top five to eight players on the planet at the moment. But as ever, the guy cannot putt. We don't need he's to always putt. the putter. But he, this is the point, and that's what, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I thought. That's exactly what I thought. This isn't a putter's week. Isn't a putter's week. If he can putt neutrally, 
or even just, I don't know, just lose 0.2, 0.3 across the week with a putter. With that tee to green game, that approach play, and the fact that, you know, he's, he, you know Sergio's always a decent scrambler. I think this this course could play into his into his strengths. And he, he, he needs a top five finish. I think if you get, if Sergio gets a top five this week or next week, that captain's pick is his. You know, because effectively in a major strength field, mm. He's, he's put his hand up to Padre and said, look, game's getting better and better. As you said, it's already at a very consistent level. And he's going for his 10th Ryder Cup team. You know, Harrington's going to want him on the team, in my opinion. But he needs to put his hand up. He needs to get a morale-boosting strong finish, I think, in one, either this week or next week. I think this course suits him, yeah. I really do. And actually, you look at his history... I know he's going back to 2001 and all this, but he's actually had a few wins in the Big Apple area. I think it was the old Buick Open. But, you know, he's always played well. He's had a second at Ridgewood. He's had a tenth and a third at Bethpage Black, 2009-2012. He likes playing in New York. I think, you know, the boisterous crowds and he seems to get support around here. I just think it's a happy place for Garcia. I think he's a 90-1. to It was just a price I couldn't... It's just that speculative ninety to one point that if it comes in, you get a nice each way return. Mm-hmm. You're happy. I'm not saying he wins it. I doubt if he does, but um, I could see him in the top top eight. Yes, definitely. So he's in for me. Well, I I, I backed him um, on the back of reading your tip last night. So you're the hot. Yo, you picked his last week. I'm I'm rolling with you, Steve. I like it. You like you like Garcia. I tell you. Uh, I know this sounds crazy. You know, we talk about um, we talk of fade of the week. I don't see John Rahm winning this. Do you, do you know? What I, I mean, just looking at the top of the the betting and the odds, uh, and kind of combining that with the the motivation for the week. Where what's mm-hmm. what's the additional motivation factor? Because you're into the final series and. Do the guys at the very top of the FedEx Cup? They, they, it's kind of like an off. It, you know, it's just a warm up week for them. You know, they, they really just want to be dialed in their games towards East Lake. That's when it really matters. You know, they, they don't have that like singular focus this week to to get right up the leaderboard. So, and I think that's I think that's a good angle you've chosen. Like, where where's the motivation this week? Is it to get into the top seventy? Is it to get into the top thirty? Is it to put your hand up for the Ryder Cup picks? I think those are the guys to. Feels like the right kind of angle to focus on for the week. If you remember Ram last year, I don't think he did a great deal at Northern Trust, and then it just you know you, you see it, don't you? You see that you see that Sunday low score, and then all of a sudden he arrived over in Chicago, didn't he? Olympia Fields, and he had that head to head with Dustin Johnson, which he won, and then of course they're in positions one and two going to Eastlake, fighting it out for the FedEx Cup. So yeah, I, uh, he's ranked at five at the moment in the standings. Wrong. I think you will get one, uh, one if not two of the top five potentially near the top of the leaderboard at some stage, or or actually fighting it out for victory. I think Speed will go all guns, but I don't. I just I'm struggling with Speed's price these days. I mean, effectively, the bookmaker saying that Speed in this field is the second best player in the world right now. Would that be your view? You know, because he's second favourite, and we've only got Louis Ustales and not in this field. 
So the bookmakers are basically saying that Spieth this week is the second best player in the world. What do you think? Probably not, no. But, you know, in terms of consistency, he's reading off top 20s. Just they're locked in. So... Look, I mean, the, the, the bookies' price is never the, the accurate reflection, is it, though? I mean, they have to price it according to how much money they're going to get on him, and he's going to be a very popular pick this week, so they have to price accordingly, so you know? Yeah, yeah, they've cut, they've cut any margin out of that price. Mm, I get that. So, yeah, I don't know. I know. Knowing John Rahm, he'll get another top 10. Knowing John Rahm, he's an excellent play. I, I don't. I haven't seen the DK pricing, but clearly he'll be the most expensive in DK. Um, I don't. I'm not suggesting that John Rahm will f- miss the cut or finish fifty fourth because he won't. Mm. But I don't see him winning. And when you're backing a ten to one shot, or in some places a not a, a nine to one shot, you'd really want him to win, wouldn't you? I don't see that. Um, so he's my fade of the week, John Rahm. Um, I'll be interested to see what do you think Xander's reaction is going to be to winning this Olympic gold medal as well? Because I, I I know we've only ever had one run at this, and we we had Justin Rose winning the gold um, back in twenty sixteen, but Rose didn't do a great deal after he won that gold medal. There were... Now that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean instantly and automatically that Xander won, but. Mm. It's a funny one, isn't it? Xander deservedly won that gold medal. You know, that was his first victory for X amount of months or years. But it wasn't a PGA Tour victory. That doesn't matter. I mean, like for me, they were at, they're at different stages of their careers when they when they won their gold medal. And I think this could be the thi- could be and should be uh, the thing that unlocks Xander because we can see he should be he should be the guy who's winning multiple times a year but just hasn't um maybe maybe that you know that hard graft that he put into the the olympics and to get the medal to get the reward maybe that unlocks him gets that little bit of freedom on a sunday because his sunday yeah. his sunday shooting is the thing that's been um been knocking him out so Xander is 13th in the FedEx Cup standing. So he if he wants a real shot at winning the tour championship bearing in mind mm. Can you think of a better player at Eastlake over the last three to five years? You're going to struggle because Xander is Mr. Eastlake. Um, he needs to improve that 13th spot and at least get towards that top five. So whether it's this week or whether it's the BMW Championship next week on a golf course that none of them have ever played outside of Washington, I would expect something from Xander at some point before we get to the Tour Championship. So... The one I went for at the very top, the one that is clearly out of position, the one that clearly loves FedEx Cup playoffs, is Rory McIlroy. He's 26th in the FedEx Cup. So, you know, he's got to go. He won't want the... He won't want the the fact that he misses a tour championship for the first time in God knows how many years. I think he was injured one year, wasn't he? But... I just thought twenty-two to one on Rory McIlroy was a very strong price, and I, I and we've had this debate this year, probably even the last few years on Rory at majors. We don't, go, I don't go near him. I know that you don't go near him, but you just got to face facts with McIlroy that his 
history in the FedEx Cup playoffs is fantastic. Second in 2012, third in 2014. He won it in 2016. He won it in 2019. And even last year in 2020, which wasn't a great year for him, he was eighth in the FedEx Cup. So, two successful FedEx Cup campaigns. 2016, when he won it the first time, he actually entered the playoffs in 36th spot going into the first event. 2019 was slightly different. He'd already won the RBC. He was winless that year, by the way. 2019, RBC, he'd won the RBC Canadian Open and the Players' Championship before that. He actually came into 2019 in the playoffs, second behind only Brooks Kepka. He's got 19 career PGA Tour victories. He'd never won in and around New York. I just think, and it's, it's the way he's been playing recently. It seems to he seems to have gone back to the kind of total driving and ball striking that we that who is bread and butter. I mean, he was first for total driving and ball striking at the WGC in Tennessee last time out, and from a strokes game perspective, that equated to first for off the tee, third for approach, and second for tee to green in Memphis. Uh, th- those are those are kind of numbers that when you see Rory hitting his approach shot so nicely and being first for strokes gain off the tee, uh, that, that's the kind of thing that at 22 to 1, I couldn't resist. So he's finished 19th in 2013 and 6th here in his two visits. I just think that McElroy's got everything that you would need this week in terms of go- I mean, improving game and that motivation that he needs to play well to actually have a good week. So I've gone 22 to 1. William Hill, eight places each way. I've gone two and a half points with Rory McIlroy. And you know, Barry, I'm not a regular Rory punter. As no, no. It's, I mean, it's and he he's had some very tempting prices recently, and has it just it's not worked out. Uh, it seems like he might have been feeling a little bit burnt out or fatigued. Um, he was, you know, said he's taken a full week off, not touching the clubs. We'll see if that's been um, enough of a reset for him. Just give him that little break and um, come back at it fresh and get at it. I mean, the, the work he's been doing with Pete Cowan has shown lots of good mm-hmm. signs, but it's you know it hasn't all pulled together yet. But you know, no. if you think it's Rory, and we generally he's he's shown that he can do it, and we generally will expect him to pull it all together and just. Blitz the field. Let's. Uh, it could be this week. It might not. He might hold it for uh, an astonishing Ryder Cup performance. Here's but one. Twenty-two to Here's one. one is very juicy. I'll throw this at you. In this field, Rory McIlroy has the most bent grass victories of anybody on the PGA Tour. He's got seven victories on pure bent grass greens. The next best is Dustin Johnson on sixth, Zach Johnson and Jordan Spieth on five. So, yeah, and it was interesting, you know, because they were bent greens out in Japan. He was actually in the top five for strokes game putting that week. And then last last time out at that, you know, that flight back from Japan, flew straight back to the States, to Memphis, all the time, budulations. And tee to green game was outstanding. Just couldn't find the putt. So this, I'm just hoping you marries those two together. 
But yeah, twenty-two to one's a love, nice price, isn't it? I mean, I think a lot of people will like JT at the price, and I think lots of people will like Deschambeau at the price as well. I think JT, Deschambeau, and McElroy are going to be all quite popular this week. But does JT doesn't look like winning at the moment, and hasn't done for many months now? What do you think's the? It, it, it's just that the confidence is the uh, that putting the putting woes have just drained him totally. Is that is that where you're kind of with him? Well, it it's, it at? seems to be yeah. Um, but the thing like the thing is, if if you were a great putter, you like it can come back. We've seen Spieth has got got the putting touch back, and maybe not quite to the extent of those uh, those glory days, but. Um, but you know, oh, yeah. certainly the, the, the issues seem to have disappeared and I would have, you know, Thomas just needs to fight. Yeah, he'll find that feel again and he'll be grand. But right now, like, I, who are you taking? Rory at 22s or JT at 25s? It's, it's not even... Well, no, I'm taking 22s on Rory. Yeah. yeah. My next tip. Well, in my mind, it was actually... Well, again, I've taken this ride a cup. I'm, I'm taking this ride a cup view. On a golf course that's long, on a golf course where driving accuracy is rewarded. Um, the other thing I think is, just looking at the weather, I don't see any significant wind this year. Now, last year, it was kind of, I wouldn't say it's blowing a hoolie, but it was enough. This week, we're looking at just 8 to 12 miles an hour on Thursday, and then sub 10 miles an hour across the rest of the week. So that 16 under that, that Reed won out, I think it's going to be lower this year. I, I can see something around the 17, 18, 19 under par being needed. And that took me in the direction of two players who, one of them, I hate the price. One of them, I didn't mind the price whatsoever. Um, there's a 33 to 1 out there for Scotty Scheffler. I took 30s and 8 places because, you know, you can't say that the guy's an arch converter because he's never won on the PGO Tour. But you also can say that if anyone's going to come and challenge Fino for that 12th spot in the Ryder Cup, one of the most likely would be Scotty Scheffler. Because Scheffler has just been playing such phenomenally consistent golf. He's almost like a modern-day Matt Kuchar to a certain extent, although his game is nothing like Kuchar's. But the consistency that this guy has had this year and the fact that he can play across such strong tournaments is is unbelievable. Seventh at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, fifth at the WGC Workday Championship, so fifth in a World Golf Championship. He was then runner-up at the WGC Dell Match Play, eighth at the PGA, third at the Memorial, seventh at the US Open, and eighth at the Open Championship. So let me get this straight. Three top eight finishes across the last three majors. 14th last time out of the WGC St. Jude Invitational. He's still winless on the PGA Tour, I get that. But, again, as I said, a second or a second place this week or next week or even a win, and Scotty Scheffler's getting himself in the Ryder Cup. And that's big carrot. Interestingly enough as well, although he's based in Dallas, Texas, and as always, you know, he's effectively a Texan. He was actually born in Ridgewood, New Jersey. So 
he might actually get some home support around here. So they'll see him as one of their own, a bit like you know, Harry Kane kind of situation. He's one of our own. New Jersey, so he's a new good Jersey guy, although yeah, he did grow up in Texas. But I just, I just think this golf course will suit him as well because he is, he's, he's ideal. He's a real total driver. So long off the tee and particularly accurate off the tee. So I've gone for Scheffler, uh, one and a half points each way, 30 to one. And Patrick Cantlay, one and a half points each way, 33 to one. Again, bet Fred eight places each way on Cantlay. Four PGA Tour victories, three of them on pure bent grass greens. Uh, Two-time winner of the Memorial Tournament. And again, another player that I think could do with a decent result. I was quite, I was pleasantly surprised with 33 to one on Cantley. So I've taken Garcia, Cantley, Scheffler, and Rory McIlroy this week. What about you, Baron? Who are you on? It's interesting to look at Cantley's FedEx Cup position versus Ryder Cup position. He's third in the FedEx Cup, but because he's a little he bit is, down yeah. the table in the Ryder Cup, people are thinking, oh, maybe he's not. He's not had such a great season. He's had a really good season. He's won twice. This this is why I think he gets a pick for the rider for the Ryder Cup, regardless. Um, yeah, I think he's ahead, uh, and he, he's picked ahead of Berger for me. So, mm-hmm. but I still like the shout on him for this week, though. It feels it feels like the kind of place where he'll um, his skill sets will come to the fore. Yeah, just so, kind of plod, grind himself around. He's got plenty of short game, Canley, isn't he? And it's for for a guy that seems quite quiet. For some reason, you feel like New York is the kind of place that, like, he just kind of enjoys that energy. I don't know why. It just seems he doesn't mind swearing on the golf course. Does he? We know <laughs> yeah. that much. <laughs> was that was this last year? Was it? Yeah, it might have yeah, been. Most, it might, when he, whenever he's on mic, he, he doesn't mind saying a few things. The other thing with Cantley, I like. You can kind of see this almost being a step up, a step up event. And with Cantley, he tends to disappoint in majors. The only the, the major he got his best ever finish at was at Beth Page, just over the water in New, you know, on Long Island. Mm. So he, I think he likes this kind of area. Um, and I just think Cantley would win this, and you go, oh yeah, yeah, Cantley, yeah, you know, quality player, uh, yeah, 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 he made a lot of sense. Where in majors, I always think he's underpriced and doesn't deliver what he needs to so far in his career. Still clearly young, but he, he fits for me, Cantley. Am I, have I tempted you to back him at thirty-three to one? Not yet. No, um, I've had a little punt on Shane Larry. He's had a nice little holiday, so maybe the. 60 to 1. The long game's in great shape. Doesn't need the putter to be absolutely incredible. His record at this event, not so great, but, um, you know, the, the form's been pretty good recently. He's got himself into the auto spot for the Ryder Cup, and uh, yeah. I, I think that's going to give him a, a nice feel-good factor. So uh, I took him. Um, another one I backed a super long shot is Pat Perez. Oh, wow. Yeah, two. Fi- T- tell us, t- tell us the thinking on that one. He's he's been playing some good stuff. Not bad, yeah. So two fifty to one. Um, he's. I was listening to his pod. He did a podcast with Claude Harmon there, um, not too long ago. Um, and they've been working together. So yeah, just like Pat's got a pretty nice chilled out uh, view on life, and again, feels like uh, New York is the kind of place that would would kind of um match up nicely with him. So, mm. look, it's a, it's a total total whirlwind punt, but um, 
I've I've backed him first round leader and outright. I've also done a couple of first round leader punts on um guys from last week, Grace and uh Scott. So I think great yeah, okay. Grace feels like the kind of guy who would get a little bit um pissed off about the not about the playoff last week. Uh, and yeah. might just convert it into a hot start this week. Yeah, 42. I think it'd be, you know, from a career perspective, to, to get to a Tour Championship for Grace. I think he's done it in the past. But, yeah, clearly every player would love to get to Eastlake, wouldn't they? So that would be um, something. Scott, the only thing that put me off Scott, I just didn't like the price. Just didn't think a great deal to the price. Yeah, I just I went for the first round leader, just thinking that's the that might be the mm. uh, the bounce back angle from from, yeah. that, from last week. I get that. I don't think Brandon Grace has ever actually got to Eastlake, and he's four, he's in a decent spot there at forty two. The other thing I will say is the average winner of this tournament over the last ten years has been forty two to one. So that kind of mid range price. On top of that as well. We got Harold Varner the third was third here, three hundred to one, and the answer was runner up at one hundred and seventy five to one. So that's just two years ago on this golf course. You could potentially get someone right in this sort of big triple digit price point that could uh, could really go close this week, if not win. So it's an interesting section. I see Johnny Vegas being backed off the board, and that makes a lot of sense. I think that's about us. Then you happy? I will be once one of our tickets wins on Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm very happy. Still, still enjoying the Kisner buzz, and um, hopefully, hopefully, the um, we still got the hot hands this week. Yeah, let's hope so. It'd be nice. It'd be very nice to get two up in two weeks. It has been done before. That'd be great. Okay, well, I thank you for your time, Baron. I know you're a busy man. Cheers, you need to Steve. Crack on. Um, so good having your input. Fantastic. I hope your tips go well, your picks. Also, of course, to the listeners, I hope all your selections go well. Got any questions, any points, just mention them in the um, mention them in the comments box on YouTube or just send us a tweet and we'll uh, we'll get back to you. Also, as I said towards the top of the show, we do need some more five-star reviews. So if you could spare a couple of minutes just to, to give us some positive feedback. That is just so vital when it comes to getting decent positions on Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. We will be back next week for the BMW Championship and also the Amiga European Masters. Paul should be back on the podcast, so that'd be great. Have a good golfing week. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved all the stats and the tips and so much more cause it's the golf betting system the golf betting